A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to Following On. I'm John Norman and fresh from England's victory over India in the first test match, Chennai. It gives us an opportunity to bring you uh, some of the lunch features we did during that first test match. Today's podcast sees Neil Manthorpe joined by Jarrah Kimber and the former England spinner Gareth Batty to discuss the topic of rest and rotation ahead of a busy winter for England. Don't forget you can hear live and exclusive ball-by-ball commentary of the second test from Chennai this Saturday morning on TalkSport 2 from 3.45am. But without further ado, let's get into today's show, where we'll also hear from England's national selector, Ed Smith. You're listening to the following on podcast. Now, we're going to spend uh, the next 20 minutes or so in discussion about rest and rotation, which has been taken to a a new level uh, by... um, England's uh, head of selectors, Ed Smith, um, and because of the pandemic as well, because of life in the bubble, there is uh, the mental health of uh, players to be considered as well as physical health. And in the past, rest and rotation has always been a, a subject of some controversy and uh, the old school cricket uh, people have not enjoyed um, the, the idea of rest and rotation. It didn't happen in Fred Truman's day and it, you know, it, 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 it's never happened really um, on a regular basis in English sport and in cricket um, and it's, uh, it's a subject that has now, as I said, been taken to a different level, hasn't it, Gareth Batty? And Jared Kimber is also part of this conversation uh, because, um, of, because of the pandemic and because of life in the bubble and biosecure environments. And it's... Um, I wonder, wonder whether we should actually hear from Ed Smith first. Um, uh, let, let's actually do that because um, Johnny Bairstow, Mark Wood and Sam Curran have all been rested for the first two test matches. So they're not in India and they are key members of, well, uh, multi-format, but you know, they, they are key members of the test squad. Uh, Josh Butler returns home to England after this test match. He's had a very good test match. Um, so Ed Smith says that the pandemic has presented an opportunity for the ECB to reassess how they look after the players, as I said, mentally and physically. It's a massively long year. Let's hear what he said. We need to almost reconsider how we frame the concept of rest. What we're really thinking about here 
is not necessarily only the question of time in cricket and time out of cricket, but also what the circumstances of a player's life are when they're playing. And we, you know, I mentioned at the beginning that you know, COVID protocols, which determine how a player can live his life, vary enormously, not only between competitions and between tours, but also within competitions. So really what we're looking at is we're trying to work out how draining and how debilitating the circumstances are for that individual player. Is his family able to be with him if he's you know, got kids and, and a family life? If so, you know, is that environment actually maybe quite healthy and helping for his, his immediate cricketing challenges? And it's just that awareness of whether players are feeling really depleted by the experience they're having or whether in some cases they're actually feeling you know, very comfortable and they're travelling well. I think they're the kinds of conversations which are going to be very important in terms of England's performance and those trusting relationships between players and management, players and selectors, and also the well-being of medics, so that we're able to make the most informed decisions. Um, in terms of what cricket's going to be like in England next summer, you know, I don't know the answer to that. But I do know that we as, as a selection group, myself, James Taylor and Chris Silverwood, we want to do everything we can to know the most amount about how players are and to do the best thing for them and for England cricket. And that's going to be a big part of our job in this next cycle. That's England national selector Ed Smith talking about the policy of rest and rotation. Uh, one thing is for certain, gentlemen, is that we are all thinking about things in a different way, thinking about things in ways that we haven't done before. Yeah, I think even before the pandemic, we were seeing that the duty of care towards players was being considered far more than it had done in previous years. Um, the world is changing. Times are changing. Everything is evolving. And I think, um, you know, from speaking to, I can only say for players I've spoken to, I'm not going to name their names, but if they're in the IPL and, and then touring with England, they can be, you know, potentially some of these guys could be in India for the best part of five months. I mean, that is a huge amount of time away from uh, your your inner sanctum of your home, your family, your loved ones. Very difficult. And with the pandemic, you are in these biosecure bubbles. You are not allowed to basically step outside. You are not allowed. You have no control over your life. As soon as you wake up in the morning to the time you leave, there is somebody directing you through the arrows. This is what you can do. This is what... And you don't have choices. You don't have the things that make us human beings which obviously has an effect on the players. And we're seeing it here, just in, in, in London. I live in London, and people are fed up with the nine-month lockdown. It is a, such a very difficult thing. So I think if you get that and then scrutinise it into these uh, circumstances where you're thousands of miles away from loved ones and family and so on and so forth, in a high-pressure environment, your mind can play tricks with yourself. So this is actually looking after players for me. There's an element of rest and rotation for body, but um, I actually think it's, uh, I think it's a positive thing and, and it's here to stay. So the, the old guard who don't like it and are grumpy about it and, and, and sort of go on about it, well, you had your time then. This is the time now. This is their time and this is right for now. And that is the only way we can look at this. You both have young families, both of you. Um, Jared, you were um, initially quite strongly against um, professional sport returning while the pandemic was, was raging. You must be, I, I guess, empathetic, if not sympathetic. Yeah, it's, 
It, it's a very tough environment, I think, for anyone. I mean, I think there was one year Jimmy Anderson was away from home 250 days of the year before the pandemic. So it's not like these are particularly new things. But when we, we were in Sri Lanka, um, sorry, when we were in South Africa with the team, uh, we, we happened to be in the same hotel and their families came out. That's the one difference that you could have done before the pandemic, isn't it? You could fly your family out for a week, uh, uh, a couple of weeks in those sorts of situations. Now they're having to travel, you know, very much within the, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're sort of double bubbled. In a way, you're, you're, you're forced to be in a bubble away from uh, your normal support bubble, if it is. So, it's, it, look, it is very tough. I would say this, though. I think England cricket wanted to do this kind of rotation policy before this. I think it's something that they have already shown. They've talked about the platoon of fast bowlers. I think they've done a similar thing with their opening batsmen. You know, Keaton Jennings coming back in at times when they're playing in Asia. Uh, so I think they're taking this as an opportunity, and I don't mean that in a callous way, but I think they're taking it as an opportunity too to see if this works as a theory of rotating players. But yeah, it's look, it's tough for everyone at the moment, isn't it? And you're, look at you, you're you're in a bubble a long way from home at, right at the moment, Manus. Yeah, I, I'd never done isolation before. I did my ten days when I arrived here, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote that I I was. Uh, I was talking to the fridge after uh, after eight days. Yeah, you're not a man who should ever be left on his own. <laughs> well, I, fortunately, we've got Zoom and and the like. You know, I was was speaking to people, but just not face to face. It was that interaction. Um, on on a, on a different. I mean, we're talking about rotation now, but what about rest? Because the subject this is a different subject. Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson are both in India. Stuart Broad's been sitting in his whites carrying drinks. Uh, so that's a, a different story. I mean, that's, that's um, yeah, rest, as I say. Well, many England fans will say they were our two best bowlers in Sri Lanka. Why couldn't we at least have played them in the first test of the series? I think the first point is that the Anderson Broad situation is very different to the rest of this. This has been a, a thing where, and for me, I think it's a real positive if we can extend their careers by managing their workloads, by managing. Uh, how much cricket they play back-to-back, -back, because that is, the, that is the issue here. It's the wear and tear of back-to-back -back cricket, not the amount over a year. If you have rest and recovery in between, medical science has gone through the roof in the last few years, and you can keep people on the, on the park. We saw Brady winning the NFL at an age of 43 and said he wants to play to 45. So there is absolutely no reason we cannot keep... Broad and Anderson around this group for another two or three years. Now, the add-on effect that that will have on the rest of the players in this group is only a positive. If they're both finished now, you have a huge gap that you cannot fill. I don't care how good some of the young talent is. The experiences, the things that they bring to this group, you cannot replace. You can only maybe just fill in with a little bit of sand, but you, you're going to have a, a pretty big void. So I think it's really smart, as long as they're buying into it and they're comfortable with it, that is a really good thing. And, the, you know, the, the flip side of it is, and I know people are going to, and we'll probably talk about it now, Butler going home tomorrow. Well, it's the bigger picture again. Uh, it's, it would have been three test matches in, in that month, two in Sri Lanka and then one here. And then he goes back home to see his young family. Before then, he comes back out and he'll probably be involved in the, in the white ball stuff. I'm not too sure about, but I assume so. And then he's got IPL. IPL is part of the international calendar now. You can't say to these lads, you can't have that million quid for going out and playing there. We've made that and, and sort of uh, changed schedules so that this happens now. That is part of it. So you have to make that uh, in your thought process moving forward for these lads. And I just want to go on the Anderson Broad thing a little bit here. So I did a video on Jimmy Anderson uh, the other day 
and I mentioned uh, our big man over here, Darren Goff, in the video. Darren Goff bowled 44,000 um, professional first-class deliveries. I think Jimmy Anderson's at around 50, 51,000 at the moment. Goff he did almost all of his bowling in first-class cricket when it didn't matter. Anderson's doing most of his bowling in test cricket. When it does matter, you want to you, you, you don't want Goffey bowling on a Tuesday on a wet wicket in Wanted Road. You want him available, fully fit for the next test as far as, he, as, far as you can push his body. Um, and, you know, because his body is going to give away. And, and the same is Jimmy's is eventually going to give away and Broadies might give away as well. So you want to get the absolute most out of them. And that is not how cricket has gone. We talk about that, you know, uh, guys like Courtney Walsh. How many other thousands of bowlers out there by the time they're 28, 29, just are no longer, uh, you know, test-level bowlers anymore because their bodies give way and we don't, we don't prepare them. If, if we're in a situation now where we're thinking about those sorts of things, we should be able to get more out of talented players rather than, uh, I mean, uh, as Bat said, other than having to fill in with a bag of sand. But, but that is why we brought in central contracts. So these guys are managed now. They are monitored. There'll be algorithms about their bodies and how they're going to go about it. There is, there's a real scientific as well as a human approach to this, where they will be spoken to -to face-to-face. Central contracts have been the making of fast bowlers. I just want to go to the analogy of um, Premiership football clubs, for example. Um, They have squads of, whatever, 25, you know, and I I would be offended if anybody... well, not personally, but if I, were, if I was an England player, I would be offended if anybody said, this is our best 11. This is our best 11, and we're compromising it by resting and rotating. And I mean, England, who's to say that England are going to be a worse team if Ben Folks comes in and keeps wicket for the next three test matches? So, you know, the, the, we have a kind of franchise, we're heading towards in international cricket, a kind of franchise concept where we have squads of, of 23 24 players and it doesn't matter if you scored a hat-trick in the last game it's it's you know we're resting you for the next one I think Matthew Hoggard said it best when he retired he became the best fast bowler ever because he's done he's finished his career we're talking about Don Bess and marrying him up with Swanee Swanee would have had days like Don Bess has had where it's maybe not quite as good and so on and so forth you can only really make your final judgments at the end of somebody's career so allow them that process. Allow them to get the 260 wickets or whatever it was that Swanee got. Don't be judging him as our perception of Graham Swan as a player when he's in his 10th test match. It's bonkers, but we do it. And it's wrong. And I actually think uh, we're getting to the stage where, certainly within the game, there's an acceptance. As long as you have the skill sets, then it's been afforded the opportunity to actually put your career together to end up with the... We know what the outcome results we want, but it's actually being able to put that process together. And I I think sometimes we're quick to judge, particularly with young players, particularly with inexperienced players. Well, I think that there's a fundamental thing within cricket, which is that the 11 is is the most important thing. And I think you talked about the franchising. And I think part of that comes from international sport. If you're Manchester City, you've got let's say, two or three gun strikers on, on your list. But you also have probably two or three other developing strikers that you think will eventually be at that level or are very capable backups. That's not how international sports works. Uh, you know, if, if, when Shakib Hassan went down, Bangladesh didn't have another gun all-rounder to bring in because you, you, they couldn't just sign, and, sign one in and, and bring him in. He went down for match-fixing, but a, a slightly different situation there. But, you know, essentially... What England are trying to do is bring in that sort of franchise kind of thinking and that sort of Manchester City or, you know, 
uh, Golden State Warriors kind of thinking of, okay, this is, this is our starting lineup. This is, this is our main team. But we're going to have a flexibility and an ability, and an ability to change this. Now, T20, this comes from T20 franchises. Realistically, that, that's where this comes from. And uh, it's a tricky situation. I remember in 10-11, when Mitchell Johnson played the first test of the Ashes and didn't play in the second test, and everyone said he was rested and rotated. I can tell you there was one person who didn't feel that way, and that was Mitchell Johnson, who said, I was dropped for the last test, uh, which ruined all of Cricket Australia's good PR work that they tried to do about resting and rotating. And that is because we're not used to that sort of thinking and that, that mindset. What England are doing right now is trying to make that a normal part of cricket because it is going to, be have, it is going to have to be something that goes forward because there is so much cricket being played. And what you want is you really want to be able to say to these players, look, this isn't you're not being dropped. You are just being rested and rotated. And I was involved with the T20 franchise that tried to do this and they didn't communicate it correctly. And players are now, I think, uh, the younger generation of players coming in. I think if you said to, to Don Best now, uh, you know, you're going to, th- these are the situations we want to use you and these are the situations we want to use Jack Leach and these are the situations we want to use both of you together. If you improve the rest of your cricket, then you might be a frontline bowler. But there are still going to be times when you don't play. That is not how we were brought up as cricketers. Even, you know, you and me, Manners, as our rubbish cricketers and, and, and Bats as, as a, you know, a test quality player. We weren't brought up like that. We were brought up to think that the 11 was this special thing that you had to be in at all times. I don't think the next generation of cricketers will do that. And, and that's not just England who are doing it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. There were two problems that uh, made players not buy into the concept of, uh, of rest and roca- rotation over the over the course of the years. The first was was payment, was match fees. <laughs> That's obviously no. I'm a serious issue. No, it's isn't fair. It? Yeah, I mean it's. You know, what do you mean I'm being rotated? Do I still get my match fee? Well, central contracts has largely alleviated that, although not everybody is centrally contracted. The other thing, though, Bats, is that um, 
it, players used to say, okay, fine, so I'm getting rested for the next game, and the guy who takes my place takes a Pfeiffer, takes Pfeiffer 50 and wins the game. And then you go, oh, he's in form. He, so he, he keeps my place. And I, and I was only rested. I wasn't dropped. Um, so we have to, again, look perhaps in cricket at selection, at form, not playing quite the role in, in selection that it has done for 200 years. That's because selection is, has always been worse than the, uh, the level of cricket that is played. Selection in cricket is absolutely terrible. The procedures in place, uh, the people who have been doing the selection, most, most selectors in the world don't watch their first-class setups. Most of them are amateur. Um, most of them are committees of, of people who all come from different areas. We're only now getting to the point where teams like England and India and Australia are using scouts. We're only now getting to the point where they have uh, advanced metrics to go off. So up until then, I think the players are right to say, if this guy takes five for you, are just going to go with him next test. Whereas I don't think that is the case anymore. And, and that also has, there has to be a discipline from selecting. And I don't think that, that cricket has ever had good selecting um, uh, throughout the entire history of the sport. Uh, I think cricket is not always current on what modern life is, is dealing the cards to people. Cricket is very much stuck in the dark ages because of stats, uh, because of, uh, I suppose, us sat here now saying, oh, well, that didn't happen 10 years ago and so on and so forth. But the current way of thinking, and we're trying to get current, which is not going to be to everybody's liking, but it, we, life has to keep moving forward. And we can't keep saying, oh, it was good enough then, it's good enough now. That's nonsense. What a load of nonsense that is. Life has to move forward. We have to use these modern things. We have to embrace it. Ultimately, it comes down to good communication for players to keep them happy. The best managers now are almost like parents to their uh, players. And Klopp's been saying it for two or three years. He, you know, he can't be your best friend, but he can be a blooming good father to his players and, and do the right thing for people. And if we do the right thing by people, we will get it back tenfold in performance. Uh, there's a really, two really good stories here for you, Manners, about how bad selecting has been in cricket. One, Basil Dolivera. I talked about this, uh, I think, on air the other day. Basil Dolivera's story, when you go back, it should be cut and dry that... Yeah, you know, he was dropped because they were worried about going to South Africa with a, with a player who wasn't white um, from South Africa. But when you look at that summer, England used 19 players that summer. They had no idea about selection. Ken Higgs was averaging 21 with the ball and was dropped because he had one bad test and never played again. They had absolutely no idea what they were doing with selection at that stage. But my other story is from much more recently. Merv Hughes was one of the Australian selectors and... Sadly, not even one of the worst Australian selectors of recent times. Mark Wall was even worse. But Merv Hughes, when they said to him, how have you been, uh, you know, how have you been thinking Australia's been going in this tour? And he said, well, I haven't been watching it. I can't afford Foxtel. I can't afford their pay TV subscription. So I can't watch Australia when they tour. He was an unpaid so selector. true story. True story. Unpaid selector, right? Trying to do the job of selecting and not even watching the team when they travel. And so if he can't do that, how, is he, how can he afford to go to Tasmania and watch a Shield game there or South Australia and watch a Shield game there? That was, I think, 2008 or 2009 when Merv Hughes was a selector. It is, it is dreadful. How professional cricket is now compared to where it was and the selecting is still far behind. That is one of the things that England is trying to fix. And look, I don't agree with everything uh, that they're trying to do, but they're certainly trying to take it in the right direction. I think one of the uh, amusing things is when selectors phone up the coaches 
of the various teams around the country, whatever, wherever they are, and say, "I see your your young lad took uh, took took five. Uh, how's he how's he going?" <laughs> so, even if the coach was the most honest person on earth, he's not going to say, "Oh, he's not up to it, mate. Uh, no, he's he's not he's not ready." He's going to say, "Yeah, well, you know, give him a go. Yeah, sure." Um, I just want to let's hear a bit more from Ed Smith, um, if we can here, on particularly on Johnny Bairstow. Um, who comes out for the second two test matches, is resting at the moment, having done very well in Sri Lanka. And bear in mind that England have the busiest year coming up in cricket, international cricket history. They're playing 17 test matches. There's a T20 World Cup and all sorts of other games. There's never, no team has ever played more international cricket, if it all goes ahead, of course. But on the subject of Johnny Bairstow, um, rested for the first two test matches after playing very, very well in Sri Lanka, England's second highest run scorer behind Joe Root. Um, here's Ed Smith on Johnny Bairstow. We spoke with Johnny at, at Loughborough. Um, there was a whole series of really good practices organised at Loughborough before the Sri Lanka tour that Mo Bobat supervised and, and organised. And we caught up with every player uh, individually at those sessions, including Johnny. And we spoke to Johnny and said, look, you know, you're in every squad format as it stands. Fantastic opportunity coming up in Sri Lanka where we expect you to get game time. But at some point, as is the case with the other multi-format players, you know, you're going to need your rest too. And he completely understands that and endorses it. I think, you know, whatever time you take rest, there's always a downside. Um, because these guys and Johnny included love playing for England, and they, you know, pretty much every conversation I have with a player about this, they'll say, you know, I love playing for England, but they also understand that you know they they need their rest. So all sides to it, um, but it felt like the right thing to do for Johnny to take his break now, because obviously um, he's a key part of the white ball setup. So then he can continue on when he comes back into the Test squad. And then he continue on uh, with the white ball team afterwards. Uh, Gareth, the one man we haven't mentioned in the conversation so far is Owen Morgan, um, who uh, is one of England's greatest captains, even though he's not a test captain. Um, we've never said that before. But he will be having a significant input, I would imagine, into who he wants in the T20 series in India, because that's where the T20 World Cup takes place at the end of the year. Yeah, um, the best captain. Because the outcome is what you judged on, and he's taken um, a bunch of lads over a four-year period and, and got the World Cup in, at the end of it. So uh, you have to be listening to this man. You have to be taking heed of what he's after and trying to accommodate that wherever possible because he has a pedigree of producing and accumulating a, a bunch of players and getting the best out of them to win a trophy. And obviously, we want to win that trophy. So within that, you've got, to, you've got to look at the whole calendar and you marry up and say, right, exactly what Ed Smith said there. This is an opportunity to rest this guy and almost freshen up so that actually he's in a better place. Ultimately, we're talking about being, as individuals and, and players being in their best possible place to play the best possible cricket for England and England as a whole being in a better place. That's ultimately what we're talking about. And the modern world suggests that we need to take this bit of time out we need to rest and recuperate. By the way, everybody thinks that these lads come home and then just sit on a couch and eat crisps. And they don't. <laughs> I, was, I was in at the Oval yesterday after we finished here. I promise you, the lads work the socks off. I saw Sammy. He's in there working his socks off. There is no... It's not like the old school of go and get fat for a few months and then go and bowl in the nets and, and get your fitness up. These lads are constantly being evolved, their bodies and getting fit and all this. So, nah. There is, it's a rest of the mind as much as the body, but also refreshing the body with putting good 
um, physicality into them. And um, Re- rest is a, a really uh, misleading word, isn't it? I mean, it, it should we should come up with another word for it because the idea because <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. Oh, we're resting him for this. It, it's idea that he's sitting on the couch with his feet up. No chance. It's recuperation. You're a big follower of American sport, um, Jared, and and they um, in in very many ways, not always good ways, <laughs> in terms of, uh, of, of of drugs and steroids and things. You I know, mean, they're, they're normally, they're, but they have for generations been ahead of the the rest of the world. Um, where, I mean, I, p- pick your American sport. I know you follow them all, but the, you know, where are they in terms of rest and, and rotation, that sort of thing? Well, you, you look at uh, baseball pitching, I suppose, has been ahead of everything because you can't pitch every, every day. You, you know, it's completely different to, to cricket. You, you, I think they have, I think they average about, average a three or four days rest between each inning that they, uh, so each outing that they, they do. And of recent times, um, they've, been, they've been taking it to a whole new level where uh, baseball actually, I think, has had to change some of its rules because they were using um, pitches for like two innings each. <laughs> And taking them straight out, and it became almost farcical because no no pitchers were staying in the game. Uh, basketball has eighty two games, and and then you have obviously the finals at the end of that. And so basketball has had a rotation policy as well. The interesting thing with when basketball started um, resting their stars is the NBA started saying you can't rest your stars when it's a televised game. And that, if this game is nationally televised, your stars have to play. And they started fining teams if it wasn't a real injury. Um, so that's where the, the, the sort of the, the market force comes back into it as well. But yeah, I, I think that, again, they, they think about these things in, in a different way. They think about it as opportunities for other players. And they all, you, know, you, have your star, you might have your starting pitcher and your, your, your main relief pitchers, but they then say they want to groom other, other, other players to be available for those sorts of things. But it comes back to the fact that you can still sign a really good backup picture whereas if you only have one great new ball bowler and you rest him you don't have anyone else so you you know England is in a position where they could rest and rotate their wicket keepers on an innings by innings basis um, if they wanted to that is not going to be the case for all international teams but it is something that we need to start to think about and uh, I think teams are already there the added the, the added thing that is just so confusing about cricket is the the multi-formats I mean, you have England now saying we are going to rest a player from a test match because we want him to be better for a T20 tournament at the end of the year. And that is, that's a realistic thing that I can't think of another sport that really has to do, you know, deal with that. Like if you're a really good drag racer, um, you're, not also, uh, you're not also at Le Mans, are you? You're not, you're not having to do that. Whereas that's something that we have to do with cricket. So I think that even takes it a step beyond what the American sports have ever had to deal with. Two things as a final thought before we take a break. Um, what, the one is that rest and rotation policy, um, bats just very, very quickly, comes from a good place. Whatever you think of it, whether you think that uh, you should just pick your best 11 and get on with it. I mean, there isn't such a thing as a best 11 anyway, but it comes from a good place. The motivation is a good one, isn't it? And secondly, England have got 20 world-class players. Yeah, I think you're picking the people with the right skill sets for the right environment against the opposition. So... You know, sometimes we, we do talk about, you know, if somebody's record is not very good at a ground, leave them out of that game and play somebody else who's got a good record. It might get to that sort of situation. So you don't play the five test matches because 
the game in the middle, you're not very good at, say, Trent Bridge, so you, you, might, you might miss that game. It might get to that at some point. You've been listening to one of our lunchtime features from the first test between Neil Manthorpe, Jarrah Kimber and Gareth Batty. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed, available on Apple Podcasts, Acast and Spotify. Don't forget we bring you live and exclusive ball-by-ball commentary of the second test from Chennai this Saturday on TalkSport 2 from quarter to four in the morning with reaction on Outside Edge via the TalkSport YouTube channel following every day's play. Thanks for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 